0: Hello everyone, and welcome to More Than Learning, the podcast from FiveApp. In this episode, we hear again from Steve Thompson, the former Senior Director of Learning and Talent Development at Graystar. In part one of this episode, we asked Steve about using off-the-shelf content and how he integrated it into his Five App learning offer. We wanted to know more about the user-generated and in-house learning materials he used. It's not easy to ask for in-house content when people have been offered content from elsewhere. What are the challenges of creating in-house content?
1: I think for me, the key challenge to building content in-house is you're you're reliant on other people um, in as much as that in-house content is typically niche content and the the internal content that we created we had its own internal brand graced our original content so content created by us for us but where the need came from to to create our own content is within our our industry it's quite it's quite niche and you know specialized and it's not the kind of topics or content that you can just go out to market and and buy off, literally off the shelf it just doesn't exist so the challenge is is, is firstly understanding where those gaps are those knowledge and and technical gaps and then i identify across your business who who your exemplars are who are your subject matter experts and there's benefits here as well that go along with the challenge because from a learning perspective it's always critically important that you have those partnering those business relationships with the organization with, with the various functions
0: so what would steve's three priorities be
1: Challenge number one is identifying what those needs are that you're you're trying to trying to address. Second thing is then identifying who those subject matter experts are. Third challenge is getting their time. Making the process to capture that content, whatever that may be, as simple as possible is critical and not overwhelming or overloading. Sounds common sense, right? But it it's really important. I found to tee it up, get that buy in, really talk to the business to help them understand the the, the impact and the benefit of sharing the, this, this knowledge and this information to upskill others. It also, um, by having that content, educates the whole organisation, you know, where, where you're creating niche content. It's very easy just to push it out to, you know, those other people in that function that you want to develop. And of course that, that's, that's a primary objective, but also making content available more broadly to other functions across the organization just propels that, that upskilling component. So challenge there, um, challenges are, yep, um, needs, time, relationship.
0: I like the three specific challenges that Steve has addressed here. But what about liaising with stakeholders? Were they problematic?
1: I think for me, having launched the, the learning proposition across the organization and, and starting to build that brand and people and Exco you know, starting to recognize the impact, actually, and the value that the learning was having was a good way to get in through that door. But what I did find is in most cases, I was pushing against an open door. People were more than happy to share, share their knowledge, share their experience with, with a view to, to helping others, those business leaders who I'm then going to go and ask for their team's time, really getting them to understand the roadmap, the strategic driver behind building out this learning suite for the organization and the benefit to their functional or department, but also New new joiners coming into into the organisation speed of to operational effectiveness because you're you're giving them the right information at, at, at the right time. But again, this piece around educating the organisation.
0: Having senior stakeholders on board is one thing, but how can you be sure people will trust you and the content that you're offering?
1: When you're starting to use people in your own organisation, so that people know. That they've seen around or you know they've been on calls with what i found is, is people start gravitating towards that content and it's almost that they've got more engagement more desire to engage with content that they know has been created by us because you've now got someone who's talking to you or representing a piece of content who's worked in the business so they understand the pressures because how many times have we been on programs or we've heard, heard people speaking you know this is great, you should do this. But you don't understand what my business pressures are. Yet yeah, that wouldn't work in my workplace. And that's a huge benefit for, for creating a, your, your own internal content.
0: There seems to be a fear in the learning sector about whether user-generated content is good enough. And navigating that challenge, ensuring you're hitting both quality and consistency, can be really tough.
1: The whole good enough question applies at a num- number of levels, I think, when you look at content. For, for me, building the learning brand was so important because we're, we're driving a learning culture and people have got to recognise the learning brand within the organisation. What does that stand for? What does it mean? But more importantly, what does it look like? What does it feel like? And having that as a consistent. So every touch point a member of the team had with, with the learning function had to be on point. It had to have the same aesthetic um so in in our case we created the internal gray business school that was built on five apps platform but the aesthetic was was, was crisp it was bright it was colorful you know the resolution of the images was the highest or highest you can get so it just had that that premium feel to it
0: so we recognize that user-generated content has to look good does it have to be perfect
1: when you then start creating your own internal content it's really easy to get hung up on well if i'm creating my own, own internal content that it's got to be flashy and it's got to be polished and all this kind of thing the way i think about it is if if it's 80 percent there get it out there because that 20 percent that you want to spend finessing it so on and so forth the return that you're going to get on that is minimal so the aesthetic is a consideration but the the content and the messaging course it has to be right and it has to be on point. When you're dealing or, or or you're creating your own internal content, you've got to have that governance process in place. And getting the a test population if you like, push the content out there. Is this on point? Does this make sense? Are we talking about X subject in the right way? Have we got all the technical component parts that should be in there? And it's a it's a learning journey in itself because the first piece that you put out there may need a little bit of refinement. You know what 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 can I um, assure people on is it's so quick to then get in the cadence of the understanding of okay this is what it needs to be
0: so we recognize getting quality content from subject matter experts can be tough and it has to be good but maybe not perfect how are you going to coach these subject matter experts and get the best that you can from them
1: the other element that supports that is providing a structure and providing a template it's that whole simple tell people what you're going to tell them tell them tell them what you've just told them it's almost down to that level of structure that when you're asking uh, a subject matter in the business that has never done anything like this and you say okay this is step one this is step two this is step three And having a very clear template because then that allows everything to start aligning as you start building your own internal catalogue of content it starts having the look and the feel and that is probably that one of the biggest things that we did is yes we had the internal greystar original brand but we bookended it whatever content whether that be a knowledge document whether it be a flipbook whether it be a video a tutorial, we bookended it. So it had the, the Grey Graystone Business School page come up in, in, in the front. It had its own distinct piece of music with it. We're talking seconds here. And then we bookended it. So we had a closing image, Grey Star Business School image. That just, again, just gave that element of confidence for people as we grew the, the, the internal learning brand that when they, they saw a piece of content that opened as it did, there was a confidence. Okay, this is going to be relevant to me. And the content's going to be good. But it's a it's a growth thing. This all this just doesn't happen, you know, overnight. But it happens quicker than you you might imagine. Certainly quicker than I ever envisaged.
0: Learning is often seen as being parallel to the business. So hearing from Steve about crafting support, which is integrated within workflow and the workplace, feels important. Steve is passionate about this, so much so he's happy to have a chat with you to talk through what help you might need to develop your learning support. A half hour's free consulting isn't to be turned down. You can reach out to Steve via the 5app website, that's fiveappcom forward slash contact, or you can connect with him directly on LinkedIn. You'll find all the details in the show notes. We're going to spend some more time with Steve over the next few episodes of the podcast, and some of the things we'll be discussing will include learning culture, engagement, and self-service learning. Make sure to subscribe to More Than Learning via your podcast player and to follow Five App on LinkedIn for details of the latest episodes. Thanks for listening and we'll see you again soon.